Nerds. Today's episode is sponsored by NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Ready to expand your financial game? NerdWallet can coach you on smart strategies like choosing investments, finding your next credit card, and setting a budget that works for you. Score major points towards your summer vacation by learning expert tips for choosing a high-yield savings account and how to build wealth by investing in index funds. Slide into summer with smarter decisions in 2024. Follow NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Instant reaction, hell in a cell. This is a lot better than doing an instant reaction to a brutal playoff loss. So I'm very happy about that. In fact, even though I don't think I knew any of the matches going in, this was great timing for a WWE big event because all day today, I wanted to avoid basketball. I really wanted to avoid sports, but watching the Mets and watching the Yankees is a welcome distraction. But the last thing I wanted to do was pay any attention to the 76ers against the Hawks or the Phoenix Suns against the LA Clippers. And so I did watch A Million Little Things, which is a great show. I'm still in season one. Me and my wife love it. What a great show. But then... I had a WWE big event to distract me. And I'm telling you, probably because there's been so much sports over the last month, but also because the product has sucked. It has been horrible getting through Raw and SmackDown. And I've always said I I DVR every Raw, I DVR every SmackDown, and then usually I go through it at some point. I go through it in like five minutes these days because the storylines have mostly sucked. There just hasn't been anything compelling. But here's what's so funny about that. This event wasn't bad. Now, the storylines leading to all of these matches, as they recap it, in case you forgot before each match, those are terrible. You know, most characters aren't even that compelling right now. But the wrestling tonight at Hell in a Cell was pretty good. So let's go right to the main event. I don't think I had any doubt that Bobby Lashley was going to retain the WWE Championship, but it was a hell of a match. It had a lot of back and forth, a lot of hard hits, uh, going through tables, going through whatever, uh, the interference that you saw from MVP, the uncertainty when referee number one gets knocked out, referee number two gets in. It was a long match. I don't have the exact time on it, but it took a while, but it was exciting. It was an exciting, exciting match. Uh, but the Bobby Lashley, Drew McIntyre feud, from what I've seen, has sucked. I mean, there's a feud that's been going on since WrestleMania. And I got to tell you, this event put me over the top on it. I'm just done with Drew McIntyre. And I am convinced if there was a live crowd, they'd be booing the crap out of him. There's a lot of make him look strong, Drew McIntyre, like the old Roman Reigns uh, thing from a few years ago. And when that match ended... And McIntyre got screwed, you know, Lashley beats him with a little roll-up. I'm thinking to myself, what they've got to do now 
especially as they're about to return to live crowds. I think they got to turn Drew heel. This is the moment now to freshen up the character. I know his entire run over the last year plus has been without a crowd, essentially. But it's boring. He's a, a smiling, happy Scottish guy now. Is he Scottish? Something like that. And the sword. I mean, what the hell is it with the sword? What is this, a Disney movie? So I think what they should do, since he can't challenge Lashley again for the championship, that's the stipulation they put in this match. I think what we need is an angry, pissed off, bitter Drew McIntyre who just starts beating the crap out of everybody. I know we got a lot of heels. Lashley's a heel. Roman's a heel on the SmackDown side. So maybe we have too many heels. But I'm just looking at the character saying, if he can't challenge for the championship anymore, what are you going to do with him? I mean, I guess you could flip him to SmackDown and try to give Roman Reigns something interesting. And I'll get to the Roman storyline in a little bit. I know he wasn't on the show, but that's a part of the story. The fact that he wasn't on the show because we were supposed to have Roman Reigns against Rey Mysterio in a Hell in a Cell, and they decided to say, hey, let's just put this on free TV. But the McIntyre-Lashley match was fine. It was a good, hard-hitting match. I wonder who gets to challenge Lashley next. Because if they really want to make SummerSlam this huge, huge event, if that's what they're going for, they want to basically make it a WrestleMania. They've got it in Vegas. They've got a huge crowd. God knows we miss live crowds at wrestling events. The guy that makes the most sense to fight him is Brock. Now, I don't know if they have a deal done with Brock. I don't know if that's their plan. But I'm just looking at Lashley as champion and thinking, okay, who would be an appealing opponent? What would be a main event worthy kind of match even if it's not truly the main event the only guy I could come up with is Brock Lesnar but the good news is we don't have to see another Drew McIntyre Bobby Lashley match as far as the rest of the card goes Sami Zayn Kevin Owens had a really good wrestling match with Sami Zayn getting the victory the only negative here is that they have fought 5,000 times and I don't even know what this feud was about. Sami Zayn still thinks everything's a conspiracy. Is that what that feud was about? The Alexa Bliss, Shayna Baszler thing. I mean, Jesus, what the hell is going on? You know, I know they have a lot of women's wrestling. I think half the show was women's wrestling, and that's great. They've made it compelling, and the product has been very good. But the Alexa Bliss, I'm going to use voodoo on my opponent's it, it's, it really brings women's wrestling back a little bit. Like, it doesn't help. You know, show me more Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley, and more Bianca Belair, Bailey. Don't give me this Alexa Bliss. Ooh, I'm going to do a magic trick, and I'm going to convince Nia to slap whatever that guy's name is, Reginald, or whatever. What a stupid feud. And Shayna Baszler is a badass. She's tough. She should be fighting, you know, Charlotte or Bianca or Bailey for a championship. Instead, she's dealing with Alexa Bliss, who your eyes tell you shouldn't be able to beat Shayna Baszler. I mean, there has to be some realness in the whole thing. But I did notice, like, there were a lot of women's wrestling matches tonight. It was basically half the card. Uh, I hated the Bianca Belair Bailey thing from this standpoint. I thought the storyline, and again, because I've been going through Raw and SmackDown so quickly, I'm not even watching this stuff live because it's so boring and non-compelling. But I watched the video package, the 10-minute video package they put together ahead of that match, 
And what the hell was the point of them not liking each other? That Bailey is laughing at Bianca Belair? She's laughing, oh, laughing at her about what? She's the champion. And Bianca Belair goes through her life story like, I have been doubted my entire... It just didn't make any sense. Like, none of that made sense. And I mentioned this on the last uh, Wrestling Instant Reaction. I'll say it again because it's getting worse. They got to have live crowds. I mean, I was just in arenas and stadiums for a month straight in which it's either packed or there's a lot of people out there, right? Yankee Stadium and City Field now has full attendance. Barclays Center had a packed house. The Garden was a packed house. And we're sitting here on June 20th watching a wrestling event with screens in the background. Now, I get it. They're going to be on tour soon. And I look forward to it. The next event, Money in the Bank, is going to have a live crowd. That's awesome. SummerSlam is going to be great. That's that's fantastic. But it's tough to get through these Raw Smackdowns and tonight's Hell in the Cell knowing that this computer screen's watching. And I thought they abused the computer screens with showing Bailey laughing on all of them. Like, you can't use these things as props. It's supposed to be a crowd. It's supposed to be the fans. So I hated the storyline. And I like Bianca, but here's the issue Bianca Belair is going to run into. And I can't be the only one thinking this. At first, I thought her really, really, really long hair was cool. How she used it as a weapon. How opponents would use it against her. And it's been very, very creative. But... In this match this evening, when Bailey ties up the hair against the rope, well, I did think that was creative. I think I'm over the hair thing. I, I think I've seen it now. Yeah, it's cool. Uh, if I could grow my hair that long, maybe I would have the same look. No, I'm just kidding. But enough. I mean, how many times do we have to see the long hair used as a weapon or, or used against her? So overall, I didn't like that match. I know it was a Hell in a Cell match, but it didn't do it for me. The Rollins-Cesaro match was fine. It was a good match. I liked the ending, reversing the swing into a roll-up. I think the issue with this is why they're still wrestling. You know, Cesaro's beaten him a bunch of times. Uh, It's not for any title. It's not for number one contendership. And that storyline kind of got old. Like, what? why are they fighting? Because Seth Rollins is bitter he couldn't beat Cesaro, which kind of made you realize Seth was going to beat Cesaro. These are two guys that you can see them trying to push into the main event, but in the meanwhile are just beating each other up. So good match. It just didn't matter that much. Uh, and the Charlotte-Rhea Ripley match was a bailout. That's all it was. I mean, whenever you have a title match ending a DQ... You're telling the world, look, we want to have more matches. We couldn't think of a creative way to end this, but keep the feud going. So let's go with the old DQ. Now, even though I'm bitching about most of these matches, it wasn't a bad event. Like, they don't tend to have really, really bad big events. But they've got two issues going on right now, in my opinion. Number one is the live crowd issue. And I know that's going to go away soon, like I mentioned. But it's, to me, it's harming the product. You know, I put on Raw, I put on SmackDown, and as soon as I see those boxes, it's just, it's such a turnoff now because everywhere else has a crowd. Every sporting event we watch has a crowd. You know, when they first came up with that idea, I thought it was creative, and it worked during the pandemic, but now it just feels, I don't know the word to describe it. I don't know if it's outdated. It just, 
it doesn't feel right. So I know it's still a few more weeks, but I think the product is really hurt by not having a live crowd. And the other thing that's hurting the product is the writers suck. I mean, these storylines are terrible. And I want to touch on Roman. Look, I don't have an issue with taking a match that really didn't have that much build to begin with, Roman Rey Mysterio, and saying, hey, we're going to put this on SmackDown. I've never had an issue with Raw and SmackDown building to their own kind of mini main events that aren't on a pay-per-view. Like, I don't think you have to follow the same script every month. Okay, here's the feud. Let's sell it, sell it, sell it. Big event. Okay, here's the feud. Sell, sell, sell. Big event. I don't think we have to do that anymore, especially in the era of you get the big event if you have Peacock or in the past, the WWE Network. So I'm not even saying there's a problem with having Ray against Roman on free TV. The problem is, what is Roman Reigns' feud right now? Like, ask yourself, what's the Roman Reigns storyline? And I love Roman. I love the character. I stand by that. I think the character itself is the most appealing thing by far going on in WWE today. But what's the storyline? Jay and Jimmy Uso aren't getting along. One of the Usos, I forgot the name, doesn't like what Roman's become. Like, I don't even know what the hell's going on. And the problem is, if you go back 10 months, they were doing something similar when Roman was feuding with one of the Usos. So the WWE has this really cool character. They've made Roman awesome. And I have no interest in turning him face, by the way, and I hope they don't. But they have this really, really cool character. And now the problem is they don't have opponents for him. You know, and at times they've struggled to find opponents for him. I like what they ended up doing with Edge and Daniel Bryan. But for a while, you know, his opponents, Kevin Owens, one of the Usos, like it wasn't great. The best thing about Roman isn't necessarily his feuds more than it is what they've done with the character itself. But now, what the hell's his feud? I mean, either the Rey Mysterio thing was just thrown together so quickly. No one for a second thought, yeah, Rey Mysterio is going to be the one to knock off Roman and win the championship. You thought, all right, maybe they're going to feud him with Dominic. What a waste of time that's going to be. But here they have their best character by a mile, and they don't know what the hell to do with him, feud-wise. I have read, I think most people have read that since they want to make SummerSlam huge and big and WrestleMania-like, they're thinking about John Cena as an opponent. And a part of me says that's great, and there's another part of me that says, I'll start off with the Eck part. The Eck part is that John Cena hasn't wrestled in God knows how long, and he doesn't appear to have any interest in coming back really in any way other than hey, I'll fight Roman Reigns for one match at SummerSlam and do the job. And maybe other people don't remember this, but the last few times John Cena's come back, he's jobbed. Like, he comes back and just loses. So, yeah, it'd be a sizzle. And because he has no opponents, like I mentioned, hey, give him John Cena, that's something exciting. And maybe on the surface it is. But John Cena is basically a glorified chopper. He comes back every year and a half and loses, essentially. But I guess the promos would be cool. The promos would probably be cool. And I'm curious what kind of angle they would take to it. So, And it's probably better than anything they have. Because, look, 
the perfect thing for Roman is to eventually build to a match with The Rock. That makes the most sense. Uh, I wouldn't do it at SummerSlam, even if it was a possibility, because I think it needs more of a build. I think it needs The Rock slowly getting involved, even if he's not on SmackDown every single week. And that's probably kind of a WrestleMania match. But Roman Reigns is their best character by far. They didn't have him on this Hell in a Cell event. And they've got absolutely no angle going on with him other than the fact his cousins seem to not like each other. But the next two months will be interesting because they've got two huge things going for themselves right now. They've got the return of live crowds, which for someone like me, I think makes it more interesting. And number two, they're getting this rare big build. If you believe that they want to make SummerSlam big, then we almost have a second WrestleMania season. If that if that's what they're doing, if they you really believe, and I think they do because SummerSlams are not routinely in stadiums. They're not routinely in domes. I've always thought they should be. I think SummerSlam should be the equivalent of WrestleMania. I've made that point before, so I love the fact that they may do that this year. I know it's for different reasons, different circumstances, but nevertheless, great. So you've got the return of live crowds, which I think will freshen up the product uh, a little bit. And then B, you've got this anticipation of, hey, they're going to pull out all the stops, all of it, to make SummerSlam a big deal. And I'm intrigued to see what they do and what they are able to pull off because ever since WrestleMania, WrestleMania was fine. I thought WrestleMania had its moments. I thought WrestleMania had some good builds. It had star power and it had a live crowd. But ever since WrestleMania, The product has been as stale as I ever remember it. And maybe the live crowds and maybe the build towards a big event like SummerSlam will change that and will help that. And I want it to be better because now I don't have the Brooklyn Nets distracting me every couple of days. How about that? It's a little wrestling, a little wrestling to move my brain away from one of the most painful losses I've ever had as a fan. More on that at a later date. Hell in the Cell instant reaction. Thanks for listening here on the Evan Roberts Podcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.